everybody, welcome to this episode of the GMB Show. Today's guest is Ryan Ford from Apex Movement out of Denver, Colorado. How you doing, Ryan? Doing well. How about you? I'm doing great, man. So some of you probably remember Ryan from an interview that we did last year with him. Just to let you know, Ryan is an athlete, coach, author, entrepreneur. He's been a two-time competitor on American Ninja Warrior. And he opened his first parkour gym, Apex Movement, in 2009. He recently released a book with co-author Ben Mushalt called Parkour Strength Training, Overcome Obstacles for Fun and Fitness. I had the pleasure of receiving an advanced copy of that, and it is really cool. Thanks for being on the show again, Ryan. You know, this time around, I kind of you know, like to talk a little bit about the concept of strength. And obviously, you know, in, in GMB, we have our, our three sections. We talk about strength, talk about flexibility, and motor control, and how each of those individually is important. But without having those work together, overall, you're not going to have the control and, and, and the physical autonomy that you're really after. But this time around, kind of delve a bit into strength and really want to get your opinion on it. See how that goes. So, you know, a lot of people... Strength holds different meanings depending on who you ask, and it could relate to like the bench press numbers, how many handstand push-ups you can do, or even how well you can push someone around in like the sumo ring. But you know, what are some of the first words or phrases that come to mind when you hear the term strength? Personally, I think of a lot of stuff. Like you said, it's open to interpretation. I mean, most people probably the first thing that comes to mind is physical. But I think coming from a parkour background, another huge area that I think of as mental strength and that's something that we're we're always confronting in parkour I think a little bit more so than most other sports because you know when you're standing on the edge of that roof gap or that you know trying to do something new that you've never done before it's a little bit scary you got the voice in the back of your head telling you don't do this it's dangerous but you also have to think about your own training that has prepared you for that and so I think a lot of people see parkour as like reckless and um, jackass type stunts, but really everything we do is very calculated. And there's a lot of training that leads up to some of this um, crazy stuff that you see. So mental strength is a huge part of what we do as well. It doesn't matter how strong you are physically or how much skill you have, if your mental side of things is always holding you back. So the mind can actually block you from expressing the physical strength or the technical strength that you have. And that, that's, like I said, a huge part of what we do in parkour. That's really, I love to hear this. And, you know, actually, I'd like to kind of delve a bit into um, some specifics, if you don't mind. Like, for example, uh, of course, this is going to be different depending on your particular level, a beginner working on their mental capacity, their strength capacity compared to uh, a higher level athlete is going to be different. But what are some ways and maybe some uh, drills that we could use in order to better enhance our uh, mental strength. Yeah, I think, like I said, parkour is huge on that. And we're, it's something that we're facing almost every session, if not every session in parkour. Because if you've ever tried any of this stuff, you can you immediately identify with the fear and you can understand that. Because even if you're standing on you know, a, lo a low bench or a wall, that's just like two feet off the ground and you're looking at another bench that's six, seven feet away. If you're new to parkour and you're new to exploring your abilities, you could still potentially get hurt just making that simple jump between two benches low to the 
the ground. So there is that little voice in the back of your head that's saying, hey, maybe you shouldn't do this. And you have to figure out a way to overcome that. It might not even be that um, difficult of a jump. Like you could get down on the ground right next to these two benches and jump the same gap at ground level. But as soon as you're off the ground a couple feet and, you know, at an extreme level, there's professional parkour guys doing this 100 feet off the ground, then it becomes inherently more dangerous. Although with your training, it's not necessarily more risky. Um, so some things that you can do just to, to kind of work on your mental strength, whether you do parkour or not, is I think too many of us nowadays, you can control everything around you. You can put your headphones on if you don't want to talk to somebody. You can turn on the heat or the AC, make the room temperature perfect. Like everything we do is so controlled that I feel like nobody ever really faces much discomfort. And so this fear that we conquer in every parkour session or this sense of embracing discomfort or embracing challenge, I think that's really important for everyone to do whether it's through, you know, something that looks like parkour or if it's just, hey, take a cold shower someday or, you know, challenge yourself, make yourself a little bit uncomfortable. Don't tune everyone out. You know, it's about kind of like what, how did humans experience life throughout history when they couldn't control and tune everything um, to their own liking? So that's kind of what we're doing in parkour is confronting discomfort facing fear. And I feel like the best way to do that is through exposure. I mean, I've read a bunch of psychology studies where, you know, take a fear of heights, for example, that's a very common fear that people have. And that is um, a common fear that you're going to have to face if you're doing parkour. So if we're talking about the best way to overcome that, it really just comes down to exposure. So for example, if I'm trying to get somebody to overcome their fear of heights in parkour, at first, we might just be sitting or standing near a drop, a 10-foot drop or something. And it could be completely safe, but you just have to stand near it. You're not putting yourself in any kind of risk. You're not actually jumping a gap or anything. You are just being around it and becoming exposed to it. And as you start to get over a little bit of that fear through the exposure, then maybe you can sit on the edge. Maybe you can sit on that wall 10 feet off the ground and let your legs or your feet dangle over the edge. And then maybe as you get better, you stand up and then you kind of walk along a wall or, you know, something up high and you slowly overcome these things and your mental strength becomes better. And then it's a very, I think one of the most kind of compelling things about parkour is it's very easy to compare this thing literally and metaphorically. So we are overcoming obstacles physically in parkour, but those skills translate very well to other things in life. If you've got to overcome, you know, problems in a relationship or your work life or school or whatever it may be, um, just exposing yourself to discomfort and challenge applies to everything else you do. Well, that's so good. And, and I, you know, wholeheartedly agree with what you're saying, you know, is facing these fears. And, you know, we do see that a lot of people run away from their fears and it is so easy. Like you said, you know, putting your headphones on or, you know, maybe not confronting a person uh, that you want to confront with in person because it's so easy to do that now, you know, via the internet or whatnot that a lot of us don't really look at our fears 
because uh, we don't know how to face them. And using this incremental progression, as you're mentioning right now, just such a good carryover for everything that we're doing in life. So kind of bringing it back just a little bit and looking at the physical side of strength. And, you know, if you don't mind, you know, before we started recording, we were kind of catching up and, and you mentioned, uh, you know, you just had ankle surgery. So a couple of weeks ago, you had ankle surgery. And I'm sure that the mental aspect of strength in this has appeared. And, you know, this is something that you're going to have to work through. But regarding the actual strength, once again, you know, this is probably a different kind of strength work that you're having to do because you're having to do rehabilitation for your ankle. And so, you know, if you could tell us a little bit about what's going on with your ankle and some of the things both mentally and physically that you're focusing on in order to help you to not just rehabilitate your ankle, but also be able to um, maintain what you're doing so that you can get back into parkour and do it safely again. Right. Yeah, so I did get ankle surgery about two and a half weeks ago now, and um, it was a minor arthroscopic surgery to essentially clean out some bone spurs and stuff that was impinging my ankle joint, and this is something I've struggled with for as long as I can remember. Uh, my background actually started out in soccer, so from age three to 13 or so, I played soccer, and I got into high school, switched over to football and track. And then toward the end of high school and ever since then, for the past 12 years, I've done parkour. So I can't really pin my ankle injury onto anything in particular, um, although I do think that my sporting career in soccer and football kind of set me up to have really poor mobility. And, you know, I didn't even realize this for so long until, you know, my late teens and early 20s, it's, I started to realize that I have some pretty stiff ankles and comparing myself to other people that I trained with, I realized this was starting to limit me in certain areas. And unfortunately, you know, ankle sprains throughout my 20 years of athletics kind of added up and I got stiffer and stiffer. And ultimately, you know, I tried everything to fix my ankle dorsiflexion and nothing worked. So I found myself finally kind of saying, well, what if there's something in there like physically blocking and restricting my mobility so I went to the doctor sure enough they took some x-rays and actually he pointed at the x-ray and said that's basically a spike a bone spur growing off of your ankle and um, that's why it was really hurting me so bad during high impact stuff so I really had no choice but to get the surgery and luckily it's a minor surgery four to six week recovery I'm two and a half weeks out. I just started weight bearing a few days ago. And so currently where I'm at is, you know, going to physical therapy twice a week, as well as doing a bunch of stuff on my own. Uh, mostly just trying to get back some of the, the range of motion. And I know my strength is going to come back. I'm not worried about that. But like I said, I've always struggled with ankle mobility. So that's kind of my number one priority now that I have fixed the physical restriction and the bright side of things is now I get to actually make progress on my ankle mobility because it's no longer um, blocked by bone spurs and stuff like that. Yeah, man, that's that's really good to hear. I mean, you know, I've gone through a couple of injuries uh, before, you know, reconstructor surgery on my shoulder and whatnot. And I do know that when stuff like that happens, you can think it's the end of the world. <laughs> but uh, actually, you know, it's a good thing to get this uh, checked out and make sure that you're good and ready to come back 
I have a feeling you're going to be able to do like so much more uh, than you've been able to up until now, which is pretty impressive considering you're at such a high level anyway. So looking forward to seeing uh, how this goes for you. So looking at, definitely, you know, some other people out there as far as, um, you know, working with parkour and, and working with even just basic strength training out there, um, you know, you work with a lot of different kinds of people and you might work with kids and you work with accomplished athletes. But what about someone who's just getting back into training? So like maybe like a busy mom with children or someone recovering from an injury, you know, like yourself. Say someone comes to you and they say, hey, listen, I just had this ankle surgery two weeks ago or whatnot. And I'd like to kind of get back into the strength training. What advice would you give them regarding getting back into it? Yeah. So I think a lot of sports, uh, you know, they kind of inherently have very similar training regimens, especially when it comes to, you know, strength and mobility. You can't really reinvent the wheel in those areas. Um, it's important to, you know, build your upper body pushing strength and pulling strength and develop your legs. And at the same time, you need to have good mobility so that you can do these things without getting hurt. And, you know, all that stuff applies to parkour. I think parkour is one of the most complete full body type disciplines that I know of. Um, sometimes I like to describe it as you're mixing elements of track and field with breakdancing, with rock climbing, with gymnastics, with martial arts. And in a sense, that is parkour. You're kind of, you're taking all these things and blending them together. So the, the strength training regiments of what we do is very um, well-rounded and complete. And that person who wants to to start doing this, maybe at an older age, you know, we're going to start with that stuff first, because if you start trying to jump off your roof and you can't even squat your body weight or you have really bad mobility or you have injuries that you haven't cleared up, that's going to make it even worse. It's going to exponentially, you know, lead to more problems. So we got to kind of start people out slow. They're doing very basic um, body weight strength training kind of uh, focusing or starting with the pull-up, the dip, and the squat. And those things become, you know, more advanced type things like tuck jumps and muscle-ups. And um, in parkour, we do a lot of climb-ups, which is essentially a muscle-up applied to getting up on a wall, which I think is uh, one of the great kind of innovations or, or exercises that is kind of sprouted out of parkour that I think a lot of other people should um, adopt. Um, so starting out with all those basics and, you know, one other problem I have is I think a lot of people focus too much on the physical strength and they don't actually do anything with it. So I think that's a huge gap that parkour kind of fills as well as, okay, we've taught you how to have better strength and mobility and squat correctly, do a pull up and a dip. And now let's do something with it. So let's challenge you and see if you can climb up over that fence or get up on that wall or get down this, you know, three to six foot thing safely, um, learning how to land and fall correctly so that you don't stick an arm behind you when you slip on the ice and dislocate your elbow. So these are a lot of kind of technical takeaways from parkour that I think a lot of people are missing. I would like to see more people develop that strength and then do something with it, apply it to sports, apply it to you know, sign up for a Tough Mudder or a Warrior Dash or like some kind of competition or 
you know, get out there, play with your kids on the playground rather than staring at your phone while you sit on the bench <laughs> as your kids play on the playground. <laughs> so I think these are all things where parkour can really help people. And while we do place a big emphasis on strength development at first, we try not to stop there. We want people to apply it. There is an intent that comes along with parkour that, you know, at its highest level, it's about getting somewhere, reaching or escaping an emergency situation, or perhaps just taking away some things like learning how to fall better, learning how to get down safely or get up something. Uh, I think a lot of us have probably at some point in our lives locked ourselves out of an apartment or something and you have to maybe climb up a little balcony and get in the unlocked window or door that's on that balcony. You know, so it's kind of a parkour is developing strength and then hopefully applying it to like some kind of real life situation or training for a real life situation that you may someday find yourself inside of. You know, I love that. It's it's that goal and and, and you have this you know, maybe it's a broad overview of things, but I kind of see it as a specific goal in that you're working towards being able to do something rather than just doing fitness for the sake of fitness. And, you know, let's be honest, the majority of the fitness stuff out there is simply that, is just working out to work out. And I love it that, you know, your explanation that you just that you just said about working towards something and being able to use that strength that you have to apply it to the other things that you want to do. And so, you know, using this strength, my next question then is, when is good good enough? When do we know that we're strong enough to go ahead and start working on these other things? And, you know, in your book, you discuss a bit of this and and give us some wonderful, wonderful exercises, very detailed um, book on the strength training. But how do we use this stuff? How do we apply this as far as, like I said, as far as when is good, good enough? I know that we'll always be continuing to increase our strength and apply it, but, you know, do we just want to be working out every single day? How do we want to use this strength? Um, if you could give some examples of some ways that you feel that would be good to incorporate this into parkour or whatever else we want to do with our life. Yeah, so that is kind of a tough question for me because I, I try to refrain from the agenda of saying something like parkour is the best thing ever and everybody should do it. I understand <laughs> that not everybody is going to do it. At least I don't think everyone needs to do it as seriously as maybe I do it or some of my professional athletes. But I think there are some small takeaways that everyone should at least consider from parkour, which is, um, you know, we should be strong enough to pull ourselves up and over a wall. We should be able, we should be strong enough to be able to jump out of the back of a truck and take a two or three foot drop safely without hurting our legs. Um, so a couple things like that, I think being able to get down safely, being able to get up effectively are two of the most kind of universal applications of parkour that just about anyone could benefit from. So even if you aren't trying to be the next parkour all-star where you're doing double backflips and roof gaps and that kind of stuff, I get it. That's not for everybody, but at its core, parkour is about improving upon your own ability to move your body through the environment and navigate obstacles. So, you know, a 70-year-old could be working on how to step over a small like two foot wall safely or maybe duck under a three foot rail and they could be working really hard on that whereas some 12 year old kid might be working really hard on, on his double backflip 
And if they both accomplish that goal and they both get better and they both put a lot of work into it to get there, then in my eyes, you know, that's what parkour is all about. You don't have to compare yourself to anyone. It's, it's all a matter of scale. You know, just like a good strength training program is scalable. You could have the same person doing jumping pull-ups next to, uh, you know, a fire breather who's doing muscle-ups, but they're both doing a similar kind of thing. And that's what we strive for in our parkour teaching as well. So we might have somebody, you know, jumping a really small gap at ground level next to somebody else who's more advanced and they're jumping between two walls, six feet off the ground. You know, it's all scalable. Um, it's just a matter of how far, how high, um, how precise, different things like that are kind of how we scale um, the techniques and the, the skills in parkour. Nice, nice. We're going to shift a little bit here, and I want to ask you, what do you see as kind of the opposite of strength? It's kind of maybe loaded question, but if a particular person... You know, we talk about strength and being strong and, you know, you have to be strong for whatnot. But, you know, in a sense, really, in order to better understand strength, maybe taking a look at what might be the opposite of strength in your eyes in order to uh, make sure that we're working towards the proper goal for us. So I'm interested to hear what you think about the opposite of strength is. Yeah, for, for some reason, I've been thinking about adaptability. And that might be kind of a weird comparison to strength but I think at least in parkour that is a good comparison so somebody who is strong in my eyes is also very adaptable meaning that they can apply their strength and use it in many different ways and many different challenges and the opposite of that is somebody who is very rigid and not adaptable and not able to apply their strength Uh, I guess I keep coming back to that word too so you could be strong without being able to apply it to anything. I've seen people who can bust out tons of pull-ups and maybe even tons of muscle-ups on a bar or rings. And then I show them what a climb-up is, which is essentially a muscle-up on a wall. And they struggle to apply that strength into getting up quickly on top of a wall, which is like your most common real-life application of muscle-up strength. So you know, there's there's certain things like that. I think parkour really does develop a very adaptable athlete. And the opposite of that is kind of a, a weakness in my eyes. If you are not adaptable, you are weak and you are not able to apply that strength in very many ways. Yeah, no, that I totally get that. That makes a lot of sense. And, and it's sad. I mean, really, um, being in the gym all day long, great. But what can you do with that strength? you know, and if you need it. So, so let's say someone is training and they're happy to hit a wall and I'm not talking literally, I know we're talking parkour, but I mean like in their strength training or in their training in particular, just, it doesn't necessarily just need to be strength or whatnot, but you know, they're doing great. Uh, they're having fun and they spend a lot of time working on their parkour, but they just kind of hit this, this wall and we've all experienced this, you know? So what are some ways, and you're talking about adaptability, of course, and I think this is very applicable uh, to this conversation because what happens when we hit these walls and, you know, how can we get over these? What are some strategies that we can use to help us get back on track? One of the first things that comes to mind to me is to just change it up, you know, take a step back from what you've been doing. And if it's no longer working for you or making any progress, then you need to reevaluate and maybe try something different. So 
you know, one beautiful thing about what you guys do and what, what we do in parkour and what other similar people to us do in breakdancing and martial arts and rock climbing and all these things are very related to each other. And so I would encourage somebody who has maybe reached a plateau in their strength training or in their parkour training or in their bouldering training, I would encourage them to try something else that's similar. So for example, it was a couple of years ago, I was kind of dealing with a couple injuries and um, a little burnt out on parkour, I guess. And so I was looking for something different and I really developed a love over, you know, a six month period of bouldering. So I started going bouldering like three to five times a week and it was a, it was a really cool change up. I mean, I, I kind of instinctively or naturally was doing pretty good just because I already had lots of strength and I, you know, park was a little bit of climbing. So I kind of got the idea, but you walk into a gym full of, I mean, I live here in Boulder, Colorado. So there's a lot of the best climbers in the world all around you. And I walk into the bouldering gym three or five times a week. And I was just constantly being humbled because I thought I was really strong. And then there's, you know, these people who look really unassuming at the climbing gym. They don't even look like they're that strong or that athletic or whatever. And they're just crushing these routes that I can't even hang on to the very start of, let alone complete. So it was very humbling. And, you know, I got really psyched on it. And I got a lot stronger and a lot better at climbing. And then I was able to come back to parkour, you know, a few months later or whenever. And I kind of had a, a new, like, refreshed perspective on it. So if you're experiencing something similar, I'd say take a step back, try capoeira, try rock climbing, try parkour, try contemporary dance, you know, movement arts, martial arts. There's so many things that are very similar. And if you pick up one of them, I bet you'll come back to the the sport you were doing before and it's going to be even better because of your newfound um, athletic and mental attributes that you've developed from this other kind of similar thing very cool man i love that advice that's great you know we talked a li- we talked a little bit about your book but i want to talk just a bit more about that if you can kind of give us a basic overview of that i would love to hear tell us a little bit about what your book is about and what we get out of it Yeah, so a lot of stuff that I've kind of been going over already. Um, Yeah, the book is called Parkour Strength Training. And if if you are expecting or hoping to learn some of the crazy skills that you see in parkour, this book is not for you. I'll just be straight up about that. It's about kind of preparing your body. Um, There's a big focus on the physical strength training of parkour and how to prepare your body to do these things later on. So we kind of start off with, you know, covering some of the basic general movement guidelines, you know, how to control your scapulas, how to control your pelvic tilt and your hollow arch, like all these kind of common uh, body shapes and positions. What is good mechanics? What is not? What can maybe hurt you? What is going to make you perform better? And just a basic understanding of how your body works, I think is going to help you a lot when you try to get stronger and try to move better. So that's how we um, started off and prepare you. And then we get into you know, our three basic strength training exercises for parkour, which, as I mentioned before, are the dip, the pull-up, and the air squat. And then from there, we kind of build onto those three movements and um, how they can develop your strength. There's a whole chapter developed to mobility and joint prep. Uh, we call it parkour armor. So basically preparing your body to um, be resilient and how to withstand injury. 
And then we kind of get into a bunch of other different exercises showing you how to apply them to anywhere outdoors using benches and high bars and tree branches and walls and rails. And I think that's a kind of a really compelling thing about this book as well is we're not just teaching you how to get stronger and use um, these movements to develop um, better athletic attributes. We're showing you how to go out to a park or go out to a school or, you know, anywhere in the city or a natural environment and how to identify shapes and objects and learn how to apply or use those objects to make yourself a better athlete. So I think too many people are kind of stuck and narrow in their view that you've got to go to a gym to work out. I don't, don't think that's true. I think I actually, I own a few gyms and I kind of cringe at the thought of calling them a gym. I think a gym should be less about working out and more like an educational facility. So in my eyes, I would like to see gyms as a place where you go to learn and you become more knowledgeable about this sport or this strength training or this discipline that you're trying to learn. And then hopefully that place is preparing you to be able to apply those things on your own, whether it's out at a park or training with your friends or your family. And so in that sense, I just, I don't like that so many people people think a gym is just to work out and that's the only place you can work out. I think you should go to a gym for knowledge or for community. And then you could uh, theoretically work out anywhere. And so that's what this book is kind of teaching you how to do is we call it parkour vision. Um, when you first see parkour and you start learning about parkour, I guarantee you, you're going to start seeing everything differently. So even when I'm like driving in my car, I'm constantly driving by buildings and you know, my head turns and I see like a good spot that I can come back to and do parkour at because rather than seeing, you know, your standard walls and rails and stuff like that in parkour, you tend to see a lot of really cool opportunities to go just explore and play and um, apply your skills to. So that's a couple of thoughts on that idea there. I love that. That's really good uh, way of looking at things. And, you know, your book, it's just, full of so much great information you know it's your gym it's your it's your learning environment that you can take and then apply that to things outside or even in your house or whatnot so i really really suggest everyone checking this book out it's great speaking of books i'm going to finish up here with what book has played a major influence on your life and why so I've been doing quite a bit of reading lately and, you know, actually over the past decade or so, a lot of the reading I do is mostly kind of centered around training and coaching and athletics and that kind of stuff. So real quick shout out to one of my favorite books for those areas is The Talent Code. There's also uh, another book that's kind of an extension of it called The Little Book of Talent or something like that. It's kind of like the Spark Notes version of The Talent Code. So both of those books, if you, it's about developing talent. So anyone who wants to get better at anything, hopefully that's everyone out there, they could find that book useful because it gives you lots of practical tips on how to get better. But also to change or shift gears a little bit, I think more impactful on my life, there's a book called Between a Rock and a Hard Place by Aaron Ralston. And um, a lot of you out there will probably know this guy as that guy who was out in Utah climbing around, didn't tell anyone where he went and actually kind of 
slipped or fell in a slot canyon, got his arm trapped and pinned between the rock face and a giant boulder. And he spent a couple days there trying to free himself and figure out what to do. Nobody knew where he was, and he eventually had to cut his own arm off. And that made big national news. He definitely made some big mistakes, and this is why you should tell somebody where you're going if you're going backcountry hiking or whatever. But at the same time, I don't like the people who kind of criticize him as, oh, that guy's just an idiot who made some dumb mistakes. And no, you need to kind of look past that, read the book that he wrote about the experience, because there's a lot of really cool takeaways Um, For example, at one point, he's filming himself on his camera, literally like saying goodbye to everyone that he ever knew because he thinks he's going to die here in this slot canyon. And, you know, just some really amazing self-reflection on what is really important in life when it comes down to it, when you think that you're going to die. And I tell people this, I, I think it's it's kind of a twisted view that I have, but, you know, I came from a pretty safe upbringing. I didn't have a whole lot of um, hardship or adversity in my life, except what I kind of self-imposed through parkour and through, you know, another example is what I was talking about as far as embracing challenge. So driving with the windows down when it's cold out or taking a cold shower, or I actually lived in my car for six months even though I could have gotten a place, I had the money to rent somewhere, I decided that I was traveling a lot and I was going to be in and out of my hometown and I didn't want to get an apartment. I was just going to try living in my car, which is a Honda Element. So it kind of, you know, it's it's not a bad car to live in, um, but I was homeless for, for six months by choice just to kind of see what it was like. And I was taking showers in the creek here in Boulder and Uh, doing some pretty funny stuff. I think it's not for everyone. A lot of people might think this sounds kind of extreme, but at its core, when it came down to it, to me, that was just my way to to kind of test myself a bit, embrace challenge and discomfort, because I haven't had something crazy like pinning my rock between, or pinning my arm between a rock face and a boulder and having to cut it off. In some weird, twisted way, I almost kind of wish something like that would happen to me, because I would learn a lot about myself and a lot about what's important in life. But yeah, that's a, that's a pretty extreme way. I'm not going to totally say that. I hope that happens to me. <laughs> well, but I hope it doesn't. Yeah, I think, <laughs> I think it's, it's a pretty crazy life-changing experience that Aaron Ralston went through when he had to do that. And I, I know I came away from that book and there's also a movie about it with James Franco and it's really good. So I would check that stuff out. It's eye-opening to to hear about people's stories who have been, you know, in that near-death experience kind of thing. So that was pretty profound and impactful. And uh, since then, I've seen him speak at CU Boulder here where I went to school. And I've definitely kind of kept up with him. And it's just a really amazing story. So I'd recommend that book. Yeah, well, thank you so much. I mean, a lot of great insights in there. And you know, this is something too. Actually, one of my favorite books of all time is by Ryan Holiday called "The Obstacle Is the Way," and looking at how yep. you know adversity is actually can be a positive thing, and you know can actually help you to become stronger, more resilient in life. So uh, it kind of reminded me of that when you're talking about uh, your books. So, hey, Ryan, no, I want, yeah, you know, I want to thank you so much. I always enjoy. Uh, hearing what you have to say and really, really admire what you're doing, man. 
best of luck with the recovery on the ankle. Looking forward to seeing you make just an incredible comeback uh, to your training and whatnot. And looking forward to having you on the show again. And we can talk about some other fun stuff of what you're doing. So thanks again, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks a lot for having me. We'll talk again for sure. Yeah. So everybody, we'll make sure that we have the links uh, for Ryan's book as well as all the links where you can see what Ryan is up to. Uh, in the meantime, everybody can check out his Facebook page. You're just at Ryan Ford. You can also check out Apex Movement. Lots of cool stuff up there. Thanks again, Ryan. Talk to you next time. For more great info, join us over at gmb.io. And be sure to check us out on iTunes and YouTube.